person who's being discipled is getting a greater understanding of where do I get the answers to my own questions and to the questions that life throws at me. I get those answers from the scripture because I did have an example of somebody who was willing to walk in the scripture, like Paul said in verse number 16. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of General Order 4. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the benefit of simply saying, I don't know. Hello, and welcome to this episode of General Order 4. And on today's episode, we have a interesting topic, the benefit of saying, I don't know. And uh, so so often we have a tendency to try and either brush past a question if someone has a question, or we try to answer it when we really don't know the full aspect of the answer. And so um, we wanted to talk today about the benefits of just simply saying, I don't know, and then going and trying to find an answer to it. Uh, and I am joined, as usual, by Pastor Brian Stewart. Hello. And today we are looking forward to digging in. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to go ahead and turn to the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians in chapter number three. Now, this is the letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians, inspired by the word of uh, by the word of God, obviously. And uh, in this particular chapter, uh, Paul deals with a lot of stuff. And so we're just going to break down the chapter, um, essentially verse by verse. But we're going to start smack in the middle of the chapter because it addresses the topic at hand, beginning in verse number 12. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Not as though I had already attained, neither uh, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Jesus Christ. Uh, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, verse 13 and 14, many of us are very familiar with, talking about pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Um, but the verse, the verses that come before and after, I don't feel like we are as familiar with. Um, but just to give you kind of contextually here what Paul is talking about, um, in verse 12, he sets up, what he's about to say in verses 13 and 14. He says in verse 12, I don't understand everything. He said, not as though I had already attained or either were already perfect. And then he says, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. So what's he trying to understand? That word apprehend uh, is simply a word that means to have a full understanding. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, look, I don't understand everything, um, but I'm trying to, and I'm and I'm trying to understand Christ. And it is in that context that he says, I haven't apprehended, but there is one thing I do, and it's forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth from those things which are before, and pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that prize, obviously, is Christ-likeness, to be uh, like Christ. And so we are pressing towards that mark all the time. And so in the very first part of this chapter, uh, we identify a couple things that who he's talking to is the brethren. And I find it interesting that he tells us at the beginning of this chapter that he wants us to make sure that we don't lean on the flesh because he wants us to experience something. And he tells us that in the first few uh, words of verse 1. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. This is probably Paul, one of Paul's shortest sentences he ever writes, but he, it's a potent one. He wants us as brethren, believers in Jesus Christ, 
that are a part of a local church to be able to rejoice in the Lord. And in order for that to happen, he is going to give us some warnings. He's going to give us some things through the chapter. But he, that central part is recognizing that there are things that I know and there are things I don't know. There are things that I need that word apprehend also means to overtake, that I need to overtake. In other words, knowledge and understanding needs to overtake my mind. What kind of knowledge? God's word, God's knowledge. And he says there in verse 12 that he says, also I am apprehended or overtaken of Christ. In other words, uh, he's, John talks about that in John 15 when Jesus says what? Uh, abide in me and I in you. There is that overtaking. There is that that connection. Right. And so we're talking about when we're talking to somebody and they ask us a question. Maybe you're discipling somebody. Maybe you're teaching a Sunday school class and there's a question and you don't know the answer to it. There is a benefit in saying, you know what, I don't know, but let me look in the scriptures and get an answer for you. And so we see that he's telling us, his brethren, I want you to rejoice. All of this is in the context of us having his joy and rejoicing in what he is doing for us. And so he warns us. He says, I want you to be safe at the end of verse 1. He wants us to be safe from dogs, evil workers, and and of the concision or those that are going to cut things and cut up things in a, in a uh, unintentional and an unpurposeful way. Mm-hmm. He goes on and talks about worshiping in the Spirit, rejoicing in Christ Jesus. And then he makes this comment, we should have no confidence in the flesh. In verse 4, he then says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. And then he makes this really interesting statement, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Paul, under the inspiration of the the Holy Spirit of God, is saying, if anybody on earth ever could have, any human being could ever put confidence in the flesh, I had the credentials. And he spends the next couple of verses telling us those credentials. Mm -hmm. And then he comes to the conclusion in verse 7, but the things that were gained to me in my flesh, I count those loss for Christ. I counted loss for Christ. In other words, I am not going to put any confidence in the flesh. So when you get that question, you don't know. You and I ought to take this same approach that Paul takes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? I can't trust in my intellect. I can't trust in my own understanding. I cannot trust in my flesh. And in Proverbs chapter 3, he talks about this as well. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. Mm -hmm. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And a lot of times we stop there, but look what verse 7 says. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Yeah. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The same context of evil workers and evil is associated with any time we put confidence in the flesh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. I think it's important as well for the person who is doing the teaching to, because you're getting a question you don't really know the answer to, and rather than just brushing ahead or pushing forward or trying to answer it, and and people will often say something to the effect of, um, "Well, let me answer that to the best of my ability." Well, it's not. Don't answer to the best of your ability. Um, let's simply just be okay with saying, you know what. 
I don't know the answer to that. Um, let's find out, either find out together or, or try to meet later and be like, hey, look, this is what I found. What did you find? And um, that's the best way to go about it if it's a question regarding biblical things. You know, obviously, we all have things going on in our own lives, you know, whether or not you should buy a car or something to that effect that I have no influence on uh, whatsoever. So that's not what I'm talking about. But if someone comes to me with a question about something in God's word that I don't have an exact answer to, um, the best thing to do is just to simply say, hey, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And what that does for me personally as the discipler is now I've got to go find out. And it's going to cause me to do some research. It's going to cause me to do some Bible study. And studying the Bible is never going to be a bad thing in my life, right? So um, it's going to increase my own Bible knowledge. But in the life of the person who's being discipled, they're now seeing the person who's teaching them dig into God's word for himself and get an answer instead of just answering it. And so now they, when they have the opportunity to disciple somebody else, aren't going to teach them something that isn't true because if they don't know the answer, just like their discipler did with them, they're going to say, I don't know. Let's go find out. And they're going to get their answers from God's word. And it solves a whole lot of issues of, well, let me ask the pastor or let me go find and see if I can find a good book on that. You know, forget all of that. Uh, just find it in God's word and teach them that they can find it in God's word. I think the best way to do that is by example. Yes, it's that modeling like we talked about a few episodes ago. And that kind of leads us right into verse 8. Notice he says that he counted everything that was a gain to him in the flesh as loss. But he also is not leaving us with just a loss. There is a gain. And what is he looking for? He's looking for the excellency. So in verse 8, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Mm -hmm. And so he says, it's for this reason I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. What is he attaining to? That excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his Lord. And he wants to win that prize. That's the prize he is looking forward to. And that's the prize that he is uh, pressing towards is Christ likeness. And so, again, that's the whole goal of, of uh, God for every believer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That they be Christ like. Yeah. And so, when we don't know what Christ likeness is or the answer to how this person comes to Christ likeness, we need to be pressing towards that mark. And again, as you just said, we need to look that up in Scripture. We need to get God's answer to give this person because if I give them my answer or I rely in my own wisdom or in my own flesh and I give them an answer and they follow that, I've just led this person down the wrong path. And what have I become? I've become a uh, uh, one of these evil, wicked uh, dogs that are teachers of false truth. Now, I may not be intending to, yeah. but what's the net effect? Uh, what I'm doing is leading this person down the wrong path. Right. Now, hopefully... If I've done that in the past, obviously God's going to forgive us for that. And so, you know, we don't need to beat ourselves up. But going forward, now that we know better, we need to make sure that we can say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but let me find it in Scripture or let me get that answer and get back to you. Right. And um, when you when you do that, if we if we look a little bit further in the passage, he talks about in verse fourteen, pressing towards the mark of the prize for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I find it interesting too. By the way, this is a side note, but I find it interesting that he uses the illustration of an athletic event mm-hmm. um, 
Many think he may be talking about a relay race because he talks about the things being behind him and then reaching fourth and the things before him. It's possible uh, that they existed, you know, if you're familiar with Greek history and the Olympics and all this kind of thing, the people in the Philippi would have been very familiar with what he was talking about. But he's obviously talking about an athletic event of some kind and a race, and there's a prize, and, and, and he talks about um, how he wants to win Christ. So there's a lot of athletic language going on here. Um, Bible study is an effort. It takes work. It takes training. You get better at it the more you do it. Um, and so it, it, it is like an athletic type of thing. It's, it's one of those things that takes a lot of effort and a lot of work. And Paul's saying the thing that I'm working at, the thing that I'm making all this effort at is to understand Christ, to apprehend Christ and to model my life after him. And then in verse number 15, he says, let us therefore as many as be perfect. And he's not saying that we're all perfect, but that we're perfect in Christ. Um, he says, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. What's the work of the Holy Spirit doing in your life? The work of the Holy Spirit is saying, okay, this is the mind of Christ in comparing the mind of Christ to your mind and saying, these are the ways in which your mind does not match the mind of Christ. And the Holy Spirit does that to you day in and day out, day in and day out. And so you don't understand something. Perhaps that means that it's now your job to go and find out and allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to your life so that you look more like Christ. And uh, we, when we well up in our pride and refuse to go and find out, or we're not gonna we're gonna answer them with a different answer uh, than what the Bible says. Then what we're doing in essence is is silencing the Holy Spirit's ability to work not just in my life, but now in that person's life because we're not willing to go to the Scripture and find the actual truth. And the major danger of that is found in the next couple of verses. Um, he says in verse 16 that we need to, uh, walk by the same rule being of the same mind. We talked about unity last week. And then he says, brethren, be together, uh, be followers together of me and mark them, which walk. So, or, or pay attention to people who walk like I've walked, um, cause you have us for an example. And then he says this, he says, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. So the danger of not taking the truth and teaching the truth to others or just brushing on ahead without actually covering the topic at hand or answering the questions is that that is exactly how you end up walking down the wrong roads and you end up becoming an enemy of Christ. You see, the Apostle Paul, at the beginning of the chapter, when he gave his credentials, one of the things that he said was that he was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. What did the Pharisees pride themselves on? They prided themselves on their knowledge of the Old Testament law on their knowledge of God's word, right? That's what they prided themselves on. And yet, they misinterpreted that same Bible so much so that they became the enemies of the cross of Christ. And Paul himself was an enemy of the cross of Christ until he met Jesus in Damas- on the Damascus Road. So the danger here of not saying, look, I don't know, let's go to the scripture and find out, is that it becomes very easy to slip yourself right into a mess and you can actually become the enemy of what the Holy Spirit has for that person and maybe even for yourself. That's a good point because uh, really in this passage we see Paul in his early days in the old man and then like you were pointing out now we're seeing him in the new man 
And when he's in the new man, he's saying, hey, I want you to walk as I have given you an example to do. Follow me. Follow together with me. And so he's not saying he's setting himself above everybody else. But because of his level of maturity, he is able to be out in front of them. And he wants them to be with him and following him. Uh, Something interesting in verse 16 is that he says, whereunto we have already attained Paul is making the point here that some have reached maturity at certain levels and others are at different levels of maturity, but he wants everyone to walk by the same rule and mind the same things. And so we've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts, but that same mind and that same rule is going to require the same teaching. Mm-hmm. And and the whole point of this episode is to point out, and, and I think this passage is pointing out to us that we don't have the liberty, we can't take liberty to explain things the way we want to explain it. Yeah, We must explain it in harmony with the scriptures because then the body of Christ, then those that are true followers of Christ and in Christ and, and uh, wanting to be followers of his, faithful followers of his, we're going to have the same rule and we're going to have the same mind. Uh, we probably have listening to us many people that are different levels in, in their spiritual walk with the Lord. Some may not even be saved yet. Others may be uh, matured in their understanding and by reason of use of the scriptures, they they have a mature understanding of things. Something that uh, is going to be in a practical way when we're dealing with a disciple is that when we're at different levels of maturity, uh, you don't have to be a parent in maturity, an adult, to be able to what? To be able to disciple somebody who's a babe. Right. Uh, a lot of times we'll get teenagers to babysit babies and, mm-hmm. and toddlers and even children, uh, and they can watch them and take care of them. They're not the only one watching them. They're still the pastor. They're still the Sunday school teachers that are helping. But mm-hmm. we can get a, a, a teenager to help out, a young adult to help out in taking care of children and babies to a certain level. Well, Obviously, a teenager or even a child that's helping take care of a younger sibling is sometimes going to get stumped by questions that maybe a parent wouldn't get stumped by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we get in that situation, if we are that child or we're that young adult uh, and we haven't matured, and, and how do we mature spiritually again? It's by reason of use of the scriptures. Well, how do we learn to reuse the scriptures? Somebody's got to teach us the rules of a good Bible study. Mm-hmm. And when they teach us those rules and we uh, um, uh, use those or employ those rules, and the, by reason of use, the more we use them, as you said earlier, now that person's going to mature and grow. And so uh, if uh, somebody who's mature, a parent, is discipling somebody and they ask a tough question, there's a good chance that that parent has, through study of the scriptures, has the answer at the tip of their tongue and the Holy Spirit is bringing that teaching back to their mind so they can teach that. Whereas if the child is doing the discipling of a babe in Christ, now that child may not have been taught that. And when you're that child, that young adult, or the parent, and there's something you haven't been taught, and you don't know how to employ the rules of a good Bible study, then you need to take that and make that statement, hey, I I don't know the answer to this right now, but let me look into it and, and see if I can get you a good answer for that right. from Scripture. 
And what that's doing is it's like we've been talking about. It's giving them confidence that, hey, this person's not telling me their opinion. Mm -hmm. If they don't know, they're going to tell me and wait and tell me what God says. Right. There have been times that I have found as I'm discipling, and the more I disciple and the more I study for messages and the more I study to teach God's Word to people in very practical ways, that gives me a whole arsenal of answers to questions. And there's a lot of times that because I know the rules of a good Bible study and I, I can employ them, that I can use those rules to answer the question in the moment. Right. But again, I'm taking them and I say, let's turn to this passage and I'm showing them the answer in Scripture. Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about it. I'm not just taking it. I'm taking them to the words of God, mm -hmm. and it's the Word of God. It's His words that therein is life. And life doesn't exist in my philosophy, my understanding, my wisdom, but the life that God wants to transfer to this young disciple is in His words, and you and I need to be able to handle His Word and rightly divide it so that what so that we are approved by God. Right. And even kind of just to wrap what you just said together with what what we were talking about earlier, that the part of the rules of a good Bible study is that you're keeping the passage that you're looking at in context. And so much of what we believe or have believed in the past that isn't correct is things that have been taught and pulled completely out of their context. And that's why in this particular chapter, we wanted to go all the way back to the beginning and say, look, this is where Paul's coming from. This is what he's talking about. He's bringing them up to, this is all about having an understanding of Jesus Christ and where we get that understanding. And you can use examples of people who are mature in your life, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to become like Christ, not like Paul. And that's what he's emphasizing to them. Amen. And if you pull this out of the context of that, you misinterpret the verse that you're pulling out, you know, so you could pull out the verse, for instance, you could pull out for many walk of whom I have told you often and, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of Christ. And you could take that verse and you could make that verse mean almost anything you want it to mean. You could, you could make that verse be talking about anybody you want it to talk about. If you don't look at the context of it and realize exactly who it is that he's talking about. And you're going to have, when you're discipling people, you're going to have young Christians who've got something in their mind from somebody else or maybe even someone who's been in church for a really long time who has a uh, underlying what they think is a understanding about something. And when you're teaching, what you're teaching is going to conflict with what's in their heart. And the Holy Spirit is going to do his thing. And he's going to say, hey, listen, listen, what is this? This conflicts with what's in your heart. He's going to compare those two things. And like, like the apostle Paul said, I'm getting compared to Christ all the time. And when that comparison takes place, they're going to ask you that question. Hey, I've always been taught this, and this is the verse that we used. And guess what you're now going to have to do? You're going to have to go to the verse that they brought up and do a quick Bible study using the rules of a good Bible study on their verse, not on your verses, on their verse, because otherwise it's not going to change their mind mm -hmm. or their heart about that matter, which is more important. You're going to have to look and you're going to have to see what context is this verse being used in and, and do a little research, preferably right there with them. But it's okay if you say, look, that's a great question and I don't have the answer for it right now. Why don't you study it on your side? And I'm going to study it on my side and we'll next week when we meet or whenever we meet next, we'll go through that. 
And what that's going to do again in the life of that person who's being discipled is it's going to reinforce in their mind and their heart and in their relationship with you that this thing called discipleship is not about one guy transferring his opinions into somebody else. It's about one person sharing what they know about Jesus Christ and instilling that in the life of somebody else. And if something comes up that we don't know, we go back to the source who is Jesus Christ. Amen. We have another example in Second uh, Timothy. Uh, again, this is Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but he's talking to Timothy, who is a pastor. He is a uh, minister in a church, and he is there to give them guidance and direction. But notice the instruction that Paul says. He first identifies the relationship. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Again, everything centers around Christ. And then he says this, and the things which that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. And so I'd like us to look at this from the perspective. He says, the things you've heard, that's what you're to teach. But notice what is implied here is if you haven't heard, you haven't been taught these things, guess what? That's not what you're to teach. You're not to teach things you haven't been taught yet. Mm -hmm. So we're to teach those things. And so notice he wants us to teach it, teach what we've been faithfully taught so that we're able to teach others also. But the passage doesn't end there. Notice he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, it's hard to die to our flesh. It's hard to recognize that our confidence can't be in our flesh, but it needs to be in his word. But he doesn't even end there. Notice in verse 5, he says, If a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except what? He strive lawfully. Mm -hmm. So again, he's saying the things you've been taught, uh, the grace, the strength and the grace that is in Christ, it has to come by a lawful means. That's why there's rules of a good Bible study that keep us in the boundaries where we can receive that rejoicing and that joy that it comes to us. But he doesn't even end there. He says in verse six, the husbandman that laboreth must first be first partaker of the fruits. Mm-hmm. In other words, we can't teach something that we have not partaken of ourselves right. until you've been taught by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. And if you are mature enough to get it directly from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, then you can teach it to others. But somebody is going to have to help you if you're in those earlier stages of maturity. And then you get it taught by what? A faithful minister who's going to teach you, who then you will be able to teach other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mm -hmm. And so again, we must partake first, and we must give that which we've heard, not those things that we don't understand. And notice how he comes to verse 7. Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Mm-hmm. So when you and I don't have the understanding, we don't have the answer, we need to say, you know what, I don't know, but let me go to the Lord to find the answer on this. And that either may include you going through a, a discipler, a pastor who's going to help you, who should be more mature yeah. in his handling of the Word of God than you, or If you are mature and you have the rules of a good Bible study and you can study it lawfully and rightly dividing the word of truth, then you get right directly from the Holy Spirit the instruction that is necessary to take it to them so that this person gets the same answer that anybody else 
that's going to ask that same question is going to get from any other disciple mm-hmm. in your church. And the only way that can happen is if we do it rightfully dividing and we strive lawfully and we all have the same mind and we have the same teaching and we have the same instruction that ultimately comes from Christ and his spirit. Right. And it, it, it wraps right back up in in verse number 15 of Philippians 3 where he says, let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. We have one mind. We're all together on it because it's the mind of Christ. And if anything, ye be otherwise minded, or if anybody differs from that mind, then God's going to reveal that. And either everybody needs to change or that one person needs to change because the Holy Spirit's going to work on us all, uh, work on us all. And the amazing thing about a church body um, is that, and you know, it, it, we don't all have to sit down in the pew and, and learn from the pastor. Everybody in the church has something to contribute and the Lord works in, in, in the lives of individuals and those individuals can have an impact in work and the Holy Spirit can use them to work in the lives of other members of that same body. And um, so when we've all learned how to compare and uh, listen to the Holy Spirit as he compares our life and our body to the body of Christ, then you know, now we've, we've, we're, we're trying to change ourselves, but now we've also got something additional that we can take and we can share that truth with other people as well. And to wrap up the podcast, we can actually just look at the very end of the chapter, uh, Philippians chapter number three, because Paul wraps up his entire thought of all the things that he's been talking about, um, about not understanding and trying to push towards that mark who is Jesus Christ. He wraps up this entire conversation in verses 20 and 21. He says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So our process of sanctification, the process that the Holy Spirit is using to weed out the bad in our life and to grow the good in our life, uh, that process ultimately culminates in an, in the in the end with the Lord Jesus Christ conforming us completely with a new body in the image of himself perfect and so our entire life long as long as we live on this earth and have that old man in us we're constantly working to try and become more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ but that work is something that only the Holy Spirit does and it begins to work in our heart and then we respond to the Holy Spirit by correcting some of those things in our own life And then eventually he will have that work perfected in that new and glorious body that we will have someday. But again, Paul's wrapping up this entire thought, this entire process that he's taken us through in this chapter by saying, I don't understand everything. But the things that I do understand, I'm teaching to others and I'm willing constantly to learn and become more perfect by listening to the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And uh, I think that's a powerful thing. And so the benefit... For us, the topic that we brought up today was that there is a benefit to saying simply, I don't know. And that benefit goes towards you as the discipler that you will eventually know because you're going to dig into the scripture and find out for yourself. But the benefit also is twofold. And the person who's being discipled is getting a greater understanding of where do I get the answers to my own questions and to the questions that life throws at me. I get those answers from the scripture because I did have an example of somebody who was willing to walk 
in the scripture, like Paul said in verse number 16. So we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, I'll give you the information. If you would like, share, and subscribe, all that information I'll give you in the sting. If you like uh, to reach out to us with any questions or comments, I'll give you the information to do that in the sting as well. Thanks so much. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of General Order 4. On the next episode, we're going to continue our discussion about discipleship. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us by email at generalorder4 at gmail.com or on Twitter at generalorder4. Please like, share, and subscribe.